Hi there, welcome back to another episode of Social Media Manager Confidential. And I just want you to know that you are amazing and you deserve to have an incredible week. And I seriously appreciate you so, so much, whether this is your first episode that you're listening to or you keep coming back every week. This is a safe space for social media managers and I am here to support you. So in today's episode, I got to have a chat with none other than Carol Bartisano. And you may have heard of her because she's pretty big over on Instagram. Carol is one of the leading experts in digital marketing for working professionals and has over 24 years of experience working with Fortune 500 companies such as MTV, Warner Brothers, Swatch, Omega, Paramount, Comedy Central, the NBA, Porsche, Univision, and Macy's, among others. Most recently, as U.S. Head of Digital Marketing at Swatch Group, Carol led the growth of the brand's online revenue by 72% on all digital channels. She collaborated with the NBA, Macy's, GQ Magazine, and Torno in the company's key digital marketing campaigns and partnerships. Since founding the Digital Buzz, Carol has taught over 5,000 students how to monetize digital platforms for accelerated business growth. She's also worked with premium brands to launch, optimize, and manage more than 30 million in Facebook and Instagram advertising campaigns, including for NBC Universal, Tissot Watches, and L'Oreal. Carol Bartisano holds a master's degree in digital marketing from the University of San Francisco, a certificate in social media marketing from Harvard University, and is certified in Google Ads, Google Analytics, and Facebook Blueprint. And we get to sit down and talk about all things social media, social media marketing, what it's like for social media managers, managing clients, and realistic expectations, and just so many things. There are so many gems in this episode, so I am not even going to blab on about it. I'm just going to let you get right to it. Social media management is notorious for being high pressure, competitive, and changing literally every day, which is why it isn't surprising that most social media managers get burned out within the first two years. So how do you keep going? How do you stay up with the latest updates, protect your mental health, and build a successful social media management business that supports your lifestyle goals? Whether that's working from home with your kiddos or jet-setting around the world, that's what this show is all about. Welcome to Social Media Manager Confidential. I'm Shantae Gorman, founder of a six-figure social media management agency and mentor to social media managers. And I'm here to dish on the ins and outs of the social media management world without any of the gatekeeping that can come along with it. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll leave each episode inspired. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, I am back with Carol and I am so excited to talk to you. I've been waiting to have you on the podcast. So hello, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Good. I know this is going to be a good one already. It's going to be very valuable and have all of the amazing tips. So do you just want to get started? Like, can you introduce yourself to people who, I mean, they probably know you, but do you want to introduce yourself anyway? No, that's, uh, it's very humbling (laughs) when you say that tons of people don't know me, (laughs) but uh, I have been doing this for a very long time. This is when I got dated a little bit, but I've been marketing for 24 years. Over 10 of those has been specifically with Instagram professionally. 
And so I started marketing back when social media wasn't around. So I have a background in marketing from the corporate side. I worked for large brands like Warner Brothers, NBC, Viacom, Comedy Central, Swatch Group. And so a ton of it comes from that corporate background. Then seven, around eight years ago, I took a leap of faith and I said, wait a second, you know, maybe I can do the entrepreneurial thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was really scary because when you are used to, you know, like your corporate setup, that's a big, big shift. And so I said, you know what? I've been doing corporate for 16 years. Let me try it out. By the way, I am not the person who's going to trash corporate or having a nine to five. There's a great upside to having nine, nine to five. Not everyone is meant to run a business. You know this. Every business owner right now listening to this knows that it is no walk in the park. No. <laughs> having a business. It's really not. And so they both have their challenges. They both have a lot of upside. But I decided to try it. I had a few life events that were very like changing. We had a death in the family. And so that was really triggering for me to see, you know, maybe I want to try something different. You know, when you go through things like that, you kind of like question everything. And so I did, I started getting a lot of requests on Instagram to train people in digital marketing. And so I had, I had left my corporate job for a year, got a degree in digital marketing, came back and people were like, can you teach me? This was seven, eight years ago. So there was not a lot of that going on. So I created this program sort of like for some of my friends that were executives and it was called, you know, the digital marketing bootcamp. And it was learn everything that you need to know in two days for busy people. And that just snowballed in Florida. It just became, so I started training people from American Airlines and every single big company that was based out of Florida. And so the MBA and all large corporations, because they were like, we need our executives to be trained, but we don't have time to give them like six months off. And so it all started from there uh, seven, eight years ago. And I started optimizing courses. And as people got more into Instagram, they were like, I want to learn more about just Instagram. I'm like, okay. And so I started, you know, getting more niche, hyper niche, ultra niche. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with just Instagram. And then also Instagram evolved so much. There's so much stuff to do on Instagram. Reels came out, stories, captions, and now threads. You know, it takes so much. And if you create content for Instagram, you know this. It's not just a, a posting, that's it. No, so many people don't see what goes on behind it. Yeah. And so it got to a point where I couldn't just do all digital marketing. So I focused just on Instagram. And that's what I have been doing for the past 10 years. And so that's the gist of it, of what I do now. I teach business owners, and that includes, you know, from realtors to service providers, to course creators, to, you know, like any single, like whether service-based or product-based, anyone who really wants to monetize their page, I help them with that, with better strategies that goes beyond like, oh, this is the right posting time. Use six to, you know, seven <laughs> hashtags and fine turning audios. <laughs> and so I had to properly monetize to actually have a better strategy that takes less time. So I don't think it's already a fun to just like scroll for 10 hours a day. No, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have 10 hours a day to scroll on Instagram. Right. And also a lot of people think that Posting sometimes is a revenue generator, but not always. And so you have to find throughout your day, what are those revenue generating tasks as a business owner? I mean, you have to do more things than posting. I mean, sometimes you're doing taxes. Sometimes you're like following up on clients. Sometimes you are creating these proposals. You're not there there. And so you need your content to work for you. 
even on days when you're not posting. That's why, you know, goal-driven content strategy is so important. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm big into every post has a goal and not all of it is getting engagement. Some of it is, you know, when you sell, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but when you post where you're selling, you're going to get less engagement. And that's the whole point. You want people to leave Instagram or do whatever to follow through on your call to action. It's so true. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you started your business. I like how your niche kind of found you. Like you started out broad. And that's what I tell social media managers too, is you don't have to pick a niche right away. Like maybe try out different things. And then as you get experience and as your business grows, your niche kind of finds you, which is the same as me is, you know, I worked with all different types of businesses. And then I ended up like working with service providers that like had their own personal brands. And like, that was the niche that just kind of came to me as my clients came to me. So I like that that is a good example of it. Yeah, agreed. What is your favorite thing about working in social media? So I love, I mean, just the fact that maybe this is me because I come from traditional media. And so if anyone has not have traditional media background, but you've seen the show Mad Men, yeah. <laughs> maybe you can relate this to this. But back in the day, you if you had a brand, if you had a business, a tiny business, you had no access to promotional opportunities. And so only large businesses got promoted on TV, radio, film, and billboards. You had to be, you know, like Colgate or Palmolive or like Toyota, like those Coca-Cola, Apple. Unless you had hundreds of thousands of dollars, you really could not promote your business. And so now, and people complain about the algorithm and the changes and the updates and blah, 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 blah. I mean, and honestly, you have the opportunity to have a storefront that's open 24-7 for anyone who visits to have your own channel. I mean, like I come from television. So like the fact that you have your own channel and you can post whatever you want Uh and do whatever you want and be whoever you want. The fact that you have this opportunity for free, I mean, yes, I know organic marketing is not free because your time is valuable, but still you have this opportunity. You can talk to clients via the DMs. You can interact with your ideal clients, you know, through other accounts. You can meet, you can network with peers. The fact that we have this now is something that I don't take for granted for a single second. And it's because I do have that background, but I do see younger coaches you know, and younger business owners where like, it's the endless cycle of like, oh, another update. And like, that's so much easier than when you had to hire an agency for hundreds of thousands of dollars, get your spot booked in TV for millions of dollars. And literally only the big guys got to have that opportunity. And now that's not really true. Like a small bakery down the street can have an amazing Instagram and make money without having to go through TV, through radio, through agencies, through any of that. They can talk to their customers and you as a customer can talk to the brand. I mean, you can write to Lululemon and they'll answer you. You know what I mean? Like, and so that is just like, I love that part. It's, it's such a a blessing as a marketer, as a business owner, as a person, as a creative. I mean, if you just want to use Instagram as a hobby, I mean, imagine that an entertainer, anything. I love that perspective. That that's a great way to approach it. Like mindset wise too. 
of when people are complaining about all the like little nitpicky things where yeah. maybe take a step back and put it into perspective here. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is it is so much better than it was before, honestly. Yeah. It makes it a lot more accessible too. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to have like a million dollar business. Exactly. I mean, the opportunities are there and you can be as creative as you want. I mean, when you work in corporate, you do have so much restriction, so much red tape. And so when I talk to business owners, I tell them, listen, you understand that you, when you create content, you don't have to go through a chain of command where ideas go to die. You can post whatever you want, you know? And so this is a huge opportunity. So from the corporate side, you have to, you know, if you have an idea that you see something at the Met Gala, oh my God, it has to go through the CMO. It has to go through like legal. And sometimes it can be, it can happen because big brands have a big reputation. And so there's a lot of things that you can turn around and be like, wait a second, I can do what I want. So I can be funny. I can be like witty. I can be like edgy. I can be, you know, I have a strong tone of voice in my Instagram. If you follow me, you know that I have a very no BS approach. I tell it like it is. I ruffle a ton of feathers. And I could have never done that in corporate because corporate is, you know, very clinical, very proper. And so I take advantage of that. Like, I'm my own boss. I mean, if I get involved, it's on me. But if I make sales, it's on me. Right. And so and so that's that's a part you got to look at the upside of whatever situation you're in. I love that. Okay. What about your least favorite thing? <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> okay. So definitely Instagram will have you believe that everyone is achieving more than you. And so it doesn't make it true, but you do have to take things that people post with a grain of salt. I have a recurring theme that I talk about, which is, you know, these, I call them the six figure frauds. And so they will post, you know, like I work two hours a month, passive income is the always same words, 10K months, 100K months, I do nothing, link in bio, I'll share the secrets. It's giving MLM, it's giving like pyramid scheme. And so I, I don't like that because it's honestly, it tells people who are not making seven figures in three months because it's completely unrealistic. It makes them feel that they are behind, they're losers, that they don't, mm-hmm. they're not good enough, they quit. And the last thing that we want them to do is that, is quit. And so I, there's no regulation into what people say. People will write anything on their bio. Who checks that? Yeah. I mean, I could say that I'm an ice skater. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, who is to say that? And so when I see like seven figures in three months or, you know, like a hundred million, blah, blah, blah. That part, I wish there were more responsibility in the online space, more, you know, like a bigger moral compass that people really had before talking to this, because you do know they are praying to the most desperate. Anyone who ends up joining these things, you know, are in desperate need of really having money. And so when you say, oh, like, just leave your nine to five, you know, like if you enroll here, you're going to be making seven figures in three months, whatever. And and some people will leave their nine to five thinking that, that it's true. It's hugely irresponsible to do that. And so I don't like that about Instagram and the online space in general. And I've been very vocal about it. I have a ton of clients who decide to work with me because of it. They're like, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that. But I I do feel strongly. I mean, I'll die on that hill because it, it, it matters that much to me. Because as a real marketer, I hate that people think that's marketing. It's not. Yeah, it's very unethical. It's unethical, but it's also really low-hanging fruit, posting a revenue screenshot. 
not marketing. No, like, you know, you were only doing that because you don't know real marketing strategy. And so, and so we all get bundled up into this whole, like marketing is icky. Marketing is not icky. They're icky. Yes. It's not marketing. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I am right here with you. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they're, it's kind of, it's a scam. They're taking advantage of people who really need help and are attracted to like the money because that's what they really need at that time. And it's gross. It's a scam. It's honestly a scam. Uh, there was someone literally this Monday whose account got taken down with 138,000 followers. She's big in the industry, but she got taken down because a few people reported her as her course is not working. I am not going to name, but it, um, it happens. It, when you do this, wow. people can report you. Well, good. At least there's like a system of checks and balances. <laughs> Sometimes. Happening. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so neither of us approve yeah. of those. No. <laughs> they can't sit with us. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Do you have anything else that is not your favorite? I mean, it's definitely time consuming right now. It, it The platform requires a lot of different, you know, uh, you have touch points, which is great with your audience, but you also have to create content for different touch points because people have different ways of communicating with you or different ways of consuming your content. So it is, it takes more time than five years ago. You know this as well. And so it's like, and there's, there's no real weekends, right? (laughs) There's no, (laughs) I mean, I I try not to work on weekends, but still like you get FOMO and you get like, ah, and so the unplugging is hard. Yeah. It is. I I would say it's, it's tough. Yeah. Not going to (laughs) lie. Even for me, like, and I'm big, you know, I talk a lot of mental health, but sometimes I'll sneak in. I'm like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I try to, I try to unplug on the weekends. Yeah. I don't post, I don't do stories. I try not to DM, but you know, when I, I have a second of downtime, <laughs> I just happen to log on and check my notifications. Like yeah, it's working hard. at it. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a program for that. How to unplug. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Group accountability. Yeah. I think that would be a huge part That'd of it. That'd be great. <laughs> Okay, so what I really want to talk to you about, because I know we're both passionate about it, and you just posted, it was stop posting so much relatable content if you want more sales. Okay, let's hear it. Can we hear a little bit more about that thought process? <laughs> yeah. So when I used to do Instagram audits, and I've done hundreds, and I still do, but I don't tell people that I do them. <laughs> but when someone <laughs> comes to me with, it's a, it can be a, either a student or it can just be a random account. And they complain to me about sales. Sales is the biggest pain point. It's, I usually find the same thing. I usually find, and by the way, it usually comes with like, I'm posting a lot, I'm being consistent, but I'm not making sales. And so when I look at the account, I always find a ton, a ton of fun, relatable content. It can come in the form of lip syncs, you know, funny memes, quotes, you know, just like dances, pointing, uh, there's different shapes to the content, but the content category is relatability. When people talk about, oh, you know, the no like trust factor in marketing is very important. And those three steps are absolutely crucial because that's like the nice way of saying it, but it's actually a funnel. When we say no like trust is moving people through the funnel. No, that's growth content, getting new audiences, like it's nurture content. And then trust is sales content. And so that's all that means. 
But when people get into the, oh, you know, I want to be liked, I want to be liked, and, you know, they start creating all this content, which I think the trending audio thing is really to blame for this because people will, will look at for trending audios. So they're like, oh, this is funny. I'm going to do this. I'm going to recreate this. And so they just start creating a ton of content that doesn't really build any kind of trust. And so people stay in this trap for a few reasons. The first thing is that it is fun to make. Listen, we all love to make the funny content and the relatable content, the <laughs> lip sync. Ah, yeah. It's easy engagement. Everyone is going to like it. Everyone is going to comment. Me too. I never related to something more. And so it's very ego boosting because you're like, oh, I got engagement. But so if you only post that kind of content and you don't mix it up with authority content or trust building content, you're going to be in the friend zone trap. And so you're going to be the person who gets a lot of engagement, who grows a lot of followers, but you can't convert. And so that's a problem because creating content takes time. And so you're basically working for free. I mean, so what people need to remember is that you're not here to entertain random followers. You're here to make money. And so I have a, a very non-emotional, pragmatic approach to Instagram. And it's, it's, some people like it, some people don't like it. It's my approach and it's why my students get results. And it's that I am not emotional and non-romantic about the audience. I target the audience who can pay the best. And that's how you really have to find your niche and how you have to design a content strategy for your niche. And so I'm not here to, I don't need to be liked, praised, loved, adored. I don't need to do any of those things. And probably because I don't know, I'm older and I really don't care about that stuff. I don't take it that seriously. And so yeah. when, when we talk about, okay, like what is, what is the end goal? The end goal really is traffic. How do I get people to get a reaction to go to my sales page, to my website, to download whatever it is. And so something that I say in the post is, listen, getting a leg is easy. What's hard is getting someone to give you their credit card. And that takes a different kind of content. And so when we talk about what moves people in the buyer journey, what actually moves them? It's more than just like learning or having fun, which is another type of content that people post. And it's part of a content mix. But to get a reaction, to get people to actually hit that link in bio, they need to feel safe. They need to feel that you are credible. They need to feel excited and they need to trust that you can get them what you're actually promising. And that's not going to happen with a bunch of lipstick reels. It's just not. And so, and so this is one big issue that I see people, they don't know how to create trust building content. And that's why they're, they're in the content hamster wheel. They're posting about their lives, their routines, their things, their kids, their husband, their trip, the photo dump, the lip syncs. None of that stuff is really going to drive sales. Right. There's a place for it, but it yeah. is not to get you sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, that's, it's, it's not never do it, but it's not only do that. And people stay there. And also it doesn't make you lose followers. You mentioned before the you know sales content doesn't get engagement. People need to make peace with that. When you post sales content, it's going to get low engagement. You still have to make it. If you sell a lot, if you talk a lot about your product, you're probably going to lose followers. But you know what? They weren't going to convert. People are too attached to their follower count. They really are. And so once you make pieces like, you know what? It doesn't matter how many followers I have. It only matters how many sales are coming in every day. Right. That's a number. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have a thousand people who are buying from me than have a hundred thousand people who will never buy from me. Exactly. Or just like freeloaders who yeah. expect you to work for free. No one should work for free. Agreed. 
slide right in here and interrupt for just a moment to let you know that you are personally invited to join the Sugar Punch community for social media managers. Inside this community, social media managers like you come together to meet and support one another, get answers to burning questions, and build a thriving social media management business. It's 100% free, plus you'll get access to exclusive trainings and resources, be invited to special events, participate in fun challenges, get added to our social media manager directory, and more. Create your free account by going to community.sugarpunchmarketing.com. I'll link it in the show notes for you. See you inside. Now back to today's episode. I think this kind of goes in line with the the two different sales strategies that are on social media too, where creators versus businesses. Yeah. Do you want to, I know you feel passionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel very passionate about it because most people don't know this, or at least a year ago when I started with this messaging. So I started this it was a series that was supposed to be three episodes and reels, you know, long reels yeah. last year that said, here's how to run your Instagram, how like a CEO. And so how to run it like a proper business. So since my background is in business, I know that there's a difference, but I w- didn't realize that people on Instagram didn't know there was a difference. And so just to point out some of the key differences. So when you have the influencer slash creator model, your end goal is to keep people on the platform because you monetize through brand partnerships. So brand partnerships look at this type of currency. It's either engagement rate, follower count, you know, like views. That type of currency is very important for brand partnerships. But when you're a business owner, it doesn't really matter how many views you get if no one is buying. Right. And so when you focus on views, likes, and followers, you're stuck in a trap that doesn't really like mean anything as an end goal, as a business goal. And so your currency is link clicks and DM inquiries, maybe social sentiment, social sentiment, seeing like the quality of the comments are people saying like, Oh my God, I never thought about that. Wow. This is, this was eye opening. That matters way more than a ton of views because those are going to be your warmer leads once you show up to sell. And so people confuse those two. They'll, they will go through the reels tab and they'll see a reel that has a lot of views and a lot of likes. And they will take that to guide their content strategy without, you know, you can't take public metrics to guide your content strategy because that person may have a completely different goal. And so that's a big distinction that you, that you need to understand that your goals are not the same. One, the creator goal is to keep people on the platform is retention. Whereas your goal is traffic. You need to get people off of the platform. That is not the same type of content at all. Your currency is different. And so thirdly, the type of content that you create is also different. So when you're a creator, you can do this thing where you're like, ah, the niche doesn't matter. You're the niche. It's my passion. You can do all that because brands are going to partner with you because of your personality. When you're a business, you better niche down because unless you are famous or like a celebrity or Kardashian, no one really is going to stick around if you're just posting randomly every day. And so your content has to serve a specific audience that has to do with whatever it is that you offer. And so let's say I am a wellness coach and I teach how to get you healthier. And I do this for working moms who are busy. I am about wellness. I am going to teach you. Maybe I have a course on how to eat healthy on a budget and I do all those things. If I start posting about makeup, it's such a waste of time. I don't teach makeup. I, I'm not selling anything about makeup. I'm not doing, I'm not selling lipsticks. And so, you know, it's fluff 
content, it dilutes your brand. You're wasting your time because creating yeah. content takes time. And so it's just like, it's useless. And so what this does is that it makes you very intentional. You ask, and I, and I use this, is it ROI, return on investment, your time investment, or is it ROI, return on ego? Who is this for? What is this for? And so it's a very different type of approach when it comes to Instagram. I love that. That's so smart. I think I'm going to start using that too. Return on ego. (laughs) (laughs) Makes, yeah, makes people be like, wait a second. And so when you're creating something, you're like, what is this really for? Like that's a conversation you need to ask yourself when you're posting. Yeah. And that might be helpful for social media managers dealing with clients even is why are we posting this? Is this for your ego? (laughs) Exactly. And let me tell you a quick story. So I don't want to name the name, but I used to work for a large, large company and they would be like, can you post this, these photos of our executives in last night's cocktail gala? And I was like, who cares? Like they're executives. Like why, like who's going to, this has nothing to do with the brand. And I was forced to post them. It was for ego. It served no purpose to the audience. Once you see executives, 50 year old executives (laughs) on the Facebook page, right? (laughs) I mean, how is that valuable content? You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So even big brands have to deal with ego so much. Those are worse. (laughs) I'm sure they are. (laughs) I had so many stories. One day I'll write a book. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I will, I will be on the wait list. You just announce it and I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you. So you mentioned your courses. I know you have one on running Instagram ads and that's something a lot of social media managers ask me about because their clients want them to run ads for them. Can you just tell us a little bit about how all that works? Yeah. Let me just first say that boosting a post is not having an ad strategy. Yes. Because people will be like, Oh, I'm doing ads. I'm like, really? They'll say it's not working. I'm like, but can you show me? And then they'll show me a boosted post. No. <laughs> yes. Agreed. I have a student who she's a hairstylist, famous hairstylist in Australia. And she asked me this question and I'm like, okay, let me put it in terms that you can understand. I could go to Walgreens and get hair dye, or I could go to a hair salon. What do you think mm-hmm. is going to be better? And she's like, ah, I get it. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what boosting versus running an ad on the ads manager platform is like. I mean, sure, it doesn't do a bit the job, but can you do a balayage by yourself in the bathroom? Well, I don't know exactly <laughs> how that's going to look. I mean, <laughs> and so, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's important that people know what running ads is and isn't. I love ads. Ads get a lot of hate interestingly, from people who don't know how to run ads. Yes. <laughs> so they'll be like, it doesn't work, really. <laughs> Maybe you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so my first my first large, large Fortune 100 client was NBC, and I got it through ads when I had only $3,600. Wow. And so ads do work. This was seven, eight years ago. I was hired to come in as a consultant for a year, got a huge contract. But I found it through ads. The truth is that I was just starting out, but I did have content and I had the experience, but I was starting out as a business owner. And so ads are a great way to cut in front of the line. They really are. Now, they are not a replacement for a crappy organic strategy because you're going to get traffic. People are going to come to the page and be like, oh, you know, I like this or I don't like this. And so it is the next step, natural step into, you know, really creating scale. So ads give you scale, it gives you speed, and it gives you a quality audience because the targeting capabilities are so, so refined 
that, you know, you're not wasting time like, oh, I'm just going to do a ton of reels and like post and pray that it's seen by the right audience. With ads, you can add so many filters. And then I really love ads to promote your lead magnet because it's easy traffic. And so when you, the right strategy, the my favorite strategy, I'm not going to say the right one, there's tons of good ones, but my favorite strategy is to have a lead magnet, run an ad for traffic, and then use that audience for retargeting for your paid product. And so you can use that, that audience that downloaded the freebie. You can also create a lookalike audience based off of that and create all these audiences that you know are super, super high quality. The great thing about retargeting is that they are lower cost and they are high conversion. And so you can't do that with just organic. I mean, it takes longer with organic. I adore organic marketing, but the mix of both really, really is such a powerful mix if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And by the way, I encourage people who want to do ads to learn ads, even if they're going to hire an agency, because I cannot tell you the amount of times I train agencies. I used to train agencies. They don't know what they're doing. Yes. (laughs) And so so, uh, it happens even to ask the agency and to, for accountability, you need to know how the thing works, whether you're going to do it yourself or you're going to hire someone. It's sort of like that car mechanic. They'll fool you. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say is there's been a lot of clients that have come to me after working with an ad agency who promised all these things. And then they come to me and they're like, it didn't work. And I threw my money out the window. And then I'm like, well, what about this and this and this? And they're like, oh, I don't know about any of that. And so, yeah. Or they just set up the ads and forgot it. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. You have to, you know, like test like at least 10 variations and you have to optimize and you have to put, do budget optimizations. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, I'm just going to put this creative. Yeah. It's, it's a ton of work, but it's, it's why you make money from it. I mean, the, the ROI is good when you know what you're doing. Agreed. So for social media managers, if they have clients who are interested in ads, what's like a good, no, you're not ready for ads or like a, yes, you are like, where does that line fall? Okay. So if you have already nailed down your content strategy, who is it for? Who do you serve? You already have some traction in your account organically. Your sales page is A++. That's another one because people are like, it's not working. And then you look at the traffic. You have a, a conversion problem, not a traffic problem. I mean, the ad is just to drive people. But if your website or your sales page sucks, you're just throwing money away. But this is a part that no one talks about. You have to check that your sales page is on point. The user design, the copy, is it speaking to the right people? Does it have social proof? Is it in line with what the ad is promising? Is it in line with the kind of people that you want to attract? And so that, that part, most people don't even mention, but it matters. The next thing is that, does the client have assets? Because this is another big one. Do they even know what assets are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I work with people like, where are the assets? What is that? No. I mean, like, and that you're talking about a different role there as you as a social media manager. Are you creating the assets? Who's supporting this? How much time do you have for this? And of course, UGC is a huge driver of social media ads right now. They work really great, but you should test different things because everyone likes different, you know, like types of, of creatives. And so you should be testing you know, like video, carousels, maybe even reviews. I mean, there's different things that work for different industries. I have worked with over 100 industries in ads. 
And you just never know. I mean, what works with supplements doesn't work with skincare. And also within skincare, I work a ton with skincare. And I consulted with L'Oreal and what they have is very different with another company that I, that I worked with that's called Wilma Schumann. They're a German based brand. They're huge, but it was so different for them because they're clinical. And so, you know, you, you can't, you got to test things because you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's not even like a one size fits all. You always have to test, even if they're the same industry, like you said, but they have different audiences and Different audiences behave different ways and they purchase because of different reasons. Yeah. And different messaging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Glossier. I don't know if, if you follow Glossier, but yeah. Glossier is like really fun and, you know, like happy. But if you go to Obagi, I mean, that's, you're not going to find that content in Obagi. Obagi is very clinical. And so that's talk about trust building content. They're always showing doctors. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It is. It is. And I mean, if you're a social media manager and your client doesn't know those things about their audience, they're not ready for ads. They're really not ready for social media management, honestly, mm, <laughs> if they're at that yeah. point. But, you know. It's hard with clients. I know. I, I used to do a ton of client work. And if they don't give you creative freedom a little bit, it's hard because they, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of handholding involved. So I prefer working with clients who are, you know, established and already know their audience, but newer social media managers tend to work with newer businesses because they have smaller budgets and, you know, smaller skill set and all that. So anyway, I will mention this just to wrap up. So if you're, cause I know your audience is a lot of social media managers. If you are offering social media paid ads, if you're offering that as part of your package, that is a separate fee that has to be twice as not, if not more than your organic management services and so you can really if you know how to do this you can make money faster by doing less i have a lot of students that end up graduating just doing ads for people because it's they get paid better yeah than organic and so i definitely encourage people to learn how to do it yeah i think it's a really great skill set yeah it's a it's a very good skill to have yes absolutely that was so much knowledge. Is there anything that you wish someone had told you before you got started in social media that you wish you'd known? <laughs> God, so many, so many things. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that most people don't tell you is the fact that it's lonely when you're when you are running your own business, right? Yes. And you can't I was thinking about this yesterday, how people really give the wrong advice. It's like, oh, follow your passion, charge your worth, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that at all. The client does not care about your worth. And so, and so you have to be, become very technical and just really, again, just practical in what you do. I mean, you need to sometimes have discipline step in because some days you're not going to feel like it. Yeah. Some days you're not going to feel like creating content. Some days you're not going to feel like showing up. Some days you'll be like on a Sunday night working on a thing, like exhausted, tired. I mean, starting a project is easy. Finishing it is super hard. And so I did not know that when I started out as an entrepreneur, how in the middle of it, you know, you're sort of like, ah, oh, the gap, like the fuel's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and you need to finish it. Otherwise you become into this multi-passionate person, but multi-passionate <laughs> is all honestly like a term to just describe undisciplined. It's what it is. If you're not finishing anything because you're multi-passionate, that's a problem in business. But the second thing I, I would say that, I wish someone would have told me is that you can learn anything. And so this whole thing like, oh, I'm just not good on video. 
I'm not good in marketing or like, I just can't do sales. Really? Like, unless we're talking here about, you know, like being an Olympian and jumping from a trampoline, you pretty much can learn everything and anything if you really decide to, you know, get serious about it. And so you can buy courses, you can read books, you can get so fanatical about your own craft that you can learn everything. I mean, who here like is great on video the first time? Like we either like did it a ton of times, learn from people. I mean, there's people who know already what you need to know. So why not do it, right? Don't, you don't have to figure everything out. I wasted two years, the first two years, trying to figure everything out by myself. And it was honestly such a waste of time. And then, you know, like I'll give you an example. So I, talking about ads, I hired someone at a Facebook employee, a former Facebook employee to teach me Facebook ads. It was $3,000 for two hours. That was a lot of money for me at the time because I had just started out. And so I was like, but I need, I wanted to learn from the best. I mean, like who better a Facebook employee, you know? And so I learned this. I mean, imagine I created a course, sold it. There's over 6,000 students. I mean, there, and it's just it's best ROI, but I, I wanted to figure this out, but it was so much easier to just hire someone to teach me. Yeah. But know that you can learn everything. Like there's no one else is more special. No one else is more gifted. No one, there's no such thing as like, oh, that's talent. It's really grit. What do you need? Agreed. I love that. I think that's a lot of people just gloss over it, but it's, you got to work hard. You can't give up. You got to be determined. Keep showing up. Yeah. There's going to be lows. There's going to be a lot of lows. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to keep getting through them in order to get to the good part at the end. It's so true. And, and also one bad day does not mean a bad business. It's just one bad day. That's all it is. Yeah. Agreed. Ooh. I, okay. I think I might title something about keeping things in perspective this episode, because I feel like we keep like coming back to that topic. So I'll have to come up with like a good hook for it, but thank you so much for coming on here. I'm sure everyone's going to love this. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I feel that we could talk for hours and hours. I think we could. Yeah. You're the best. (laughs) And I appreciate you having me. Can't wait. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at the digital buzz. Just send me a DM. I'll be happy to say hello and to chat and how you can work with me. Perfect. And we'll link it in the show notes so everybody can find you there as well. Make it easy. Click over. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was the best, best day. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Carol is amazing. I think we could talk for hours. (laughs) And I did join an Instagram live with her uh, after we recorded this podcast. You can go hop on over to her Instagram account, which will be linked in the show notes for you if you want to give that a watch. We talk about bad Instagram advice that gurus have been giving and what we think about it, which was really great. You can learn more about her and all of her things linked in the show notes. Definitely go say hi, let her know how you found her. And if you have any friends who are social media managers struggling with this, share the link to this episode with them and help them out. And if you're not already following this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button or the plus button in Apple Podcasts so you can get brand new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Learn more about my digital template shop, online courses, and mentorship program by going to my website at sugarpunchmarketing.com. 
And while you're there, make sure you join my safe, supportive community created exclusively for social media managers. It's 100% free to join and packed with really amazing resources, trainings, and people. See you next time.